Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show you that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're glad you joined us here for the conversation as we're challenged from the book of 1 Samuel to let God lead. Now let's hear what Kurt has to say. Welcome back, friends, to this episode of Everyday Truth. We are nearing the end of our journey that we've called the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, We are right on the cusp of a fateful battle in which Saul and his forces have gathered at Gilboa and the people of the Philistines are uh, uh, assembling themselves against them. Remember, we're kind of playing two different scenarios. We've looked at it from David's side, on the Philistine side, as they're making their way toward Saul. And now we've looked at it from Saul's side. So we're kind of jumping back back and forth in this drama. We sure are, Pastor, getting both sides, kind of getting caught up what's happening now. And now we come back to the Philistines and see what's going to happen on that side with David and the Philistines. How will this play out in this battle? It's all happening simultaneously. simultaneously. Look at chapter number 29 and verse 1. Uh, where the Bible says, Now the Philistines gathered together all their armies to Aphek. Uh, I was, as I said, I think an episode or two ago, I was just in Israel, and the, the Jewish people, they pronounce that Aphek, Aphek. I almost went there. I've never been to that site, uh, but I almost went there, and I, I'm going to, in a future trip, visit. You can go to that archaeological site. So the Bible says the Philistines gathered together all their armies to uh, Aphek, and the Israelites pitched by a fountain, which is in Jezreel. So Jezreel, if you look at your Bible geography, is right there along the, the edge of Gilboa. It's right near Gideon's spring. So there is Saul, and the there, there are the Philistines, and they're about ready for this colossal battle. Verse number two, and the lords of the Philistines passed by on passed on by hundreds and by thousands, but David and his men passed in the rear reward with Achish, and that means in the back. So the, there's this huge army of Philistines, and there are five Philistine cities, and they're kind of like city states, but they they gather together as the Philistine people. They're all going to war together, and Achish is in the back of the, of, the, of the group, and David is in the back of the back of the group. So remember, Achish is completely bamboozled, thinks that David is completely loyal. Uh, we really don't know what David is thinking as he's marching toward uh, Israel. We're going to see a little bit of that here in a bit. If you want to remember the Philistine cities, uh, I would say remember the acronym AGE. Uh, and then A-A-G-G-E. That's the way I remember it. So A is Ashkelon and Ashdod, and then G is Gath and Gaza, and then E is Ekron or Ekron. So the five Philistine lords, they're marching against Israel, verse number three, then said the princes of the Philistines, what do these Hebrews here, what are these guys doing here? And Achish said unto the princes of the Philistines, Is not this David, the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, which hath been with me these days or these years? And I have found no fault in him since he fell unto me unto this day. Uh, You know who it is. 
It's David. You know who it is, but I'm telling you, uh, I can vouch for him. So already now we're seeing a little bit of this question mark by the other Philistines. This just doesn't seem right that we're going against the Israelites. We got the hero of Israel who's in the back of our army. What's going on here? You know, here the other Philistines are thinking a little more objectively about this than what Achish is. Achish thinks, you know, I have one David over. He is on my side. But these other Philistines are thinking, hey, this, this doesn't sound right here to us. You know, this is the guy who was famous in Israel. How can it be that now he's come so far to be on our side? So they're just not having what Achish is saying here, that David really is now completely loyal to the Philistines and all their cities. And they're right. And Achish is wrong. And this is not the, the primary teaching of the passage, but certainly it's a principle that we can learn from. And that is, uh, we, we tend to see subjectively when situations accrue to our benefit. And that's where we need a multitude of counselors to come alongside to say, there's a more objective way to look at this thing. And Achish probably should have been listening here. He should, he should have for sure, because these people are all right about David. What they're saying makes sound sense. What Achish is thinking is, is suspect for sure. Look at verse number four. And the princes of the Philistines were wroth with him. They got downright angry with Achish. And the princes of the Philistines said unto him, Make this fellow return, that he may go again to his place which thou hast appointed him, and let him not go down with us to battle, lest in the battle he be an adversary to us. For wherewith should he reconcile himself unto his master? Should it not be with the heads of these men? Is not this David, of whom they sang one to another in dances, saying Saul slew his thousands and David his ten thousands? So they, they tried to speak reasonably to Achish and said, Achish, we're not going to have this. Okay? I, I, we don't care how much you can vouch for him this is the guy that is the hero of Israel, and something smells rotten. So, and, and I think what they were suggesting here was reasonable. We're not saying fight against him. We're not saying just send him home. You, know, you have a place for him, that's fine, okay? We're just saying, okay, we don't trust him. Let's just take him out of the equation. Let's just make it neutral. Um, and they were angry about the situation. Yeah, they were very upset about this because they saw this is a no-win situation. I mean, David's going to be, you know, behind us here, and then we're going to have the Israelites in front of us, and now we're going to get stuck here with David fighting against us plus the Israelites, and he can get Saul's good graces back by killing killing some of us and, and bringing our heads to Saul, you know? And so they realize this is not a good scenario. And so you're right, they're not going to have it at all. They say, David's got to get out of here. We're, we're not. This is not going to happen. No way. And... Honestly, this is God's providence because David has now put himself in a situation where there's really, he has no option, not logically. Uh, he could have said to Achish, I'm not going to go. And that would have caused Achish to suspicion him. And he would have, uh, maybe Achish would have fought, fought against him. Or he could have gone. And if the Philistine lords had agreed with it, now David's really in a catch-22. Because now I'm fighting against my own people, brother against brother. And we don't even know what David's mindset was. Bible commentators argue about this. Would David have fought against his own people? 
Maybe David was thinking, well, this is the way that God is going to use me to destroy Saul. I don't know. It seems, certainly seems out of character, but David has been behaving out of character for a year and four months uh, during this time. So the fact that the Philistine lords are pressing this and David's going to be asked to go home really is a matter of God's providence in David's life where he doesn't have to make this choice. It sure is. We see the providence of God in many people's lives throughout the word of God. Even in our own lives, we can see it. But I go back to Abraham. When Abraham lies about Sarah and the providence of God, I mean, God, I'm glad that God works in spite of our lack of faith, in spite of our failings sometimes. And God will lovingly, you know, step in, so to speak, and God will providentially work so that, you know, so that we can still have a part in what God is doing and, and not lose out on the great things God wants to accomplish through our lives. No, for sure. So the message has now been given to Achish by the four other kings. And verse 6, Achish called David and said, Surely as the Lord liveth, thou hast been upright, Thy going out and thy coming in with me and the host is good in my sight. I have not found evil in thee since the day of thy coming unto me unto this day. Nevertheless, the Lord's favor thee not. Hey, uh, David, I want you to know this has nothing to do with me and you. Uh, You have been nothing but faithful to me. But these other guys don't trust you. Wherefore now return. Go in peace. That, that thou displease not the Lord to the Philistines. Hey, David, so just do what they want you to do. Don't make a big deal about it. Don't, don't argue because it's just going to make the situation worse. I, I trust you. I'm your friend. Go home. Now, you would think that David's response would have been, well, praise the Lord. You know, I don't want to go to this battle anyway. I was between a rock and a hard place. So whether David is really just playing it up to Achish here, because he doesn't know how the battle is going to turn out. Saul could win, and, and then David is in the same situation. But, but watch what David does in verse number 8. And David said unto Achish, But what have I done? What hast thou found in thy servants so long as I have been with thee unto this day, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of the Lord my king? Um, so basically, please let me fight. Yeah, you're right, Pastor. We, we don't know for sure what David is thinking here. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly what David's thoughts are right here as far as his mental attitude and perspective. If I go back and look how he responded to Achish earlier with a very evasive kind of non-answer, you know, what, what I think here is that is that David, David now knows other lords have said it's not going to happen. Uh, and so David knows there's no way he's going to go fight. I think David feels free right now. I really say whatever he wants to say that it's not going to take place. And David has started building. He's had, he has this whole lie built up with Achish now. And whatever David's trying to do exactly here, uh, David, beyond doubt, does not want Achish to think less of him. Achish, David, wants Dave, David wants Achish to still think that David is the good guy that Achish thinks he is. Yeah, he still kind of plays the game, doesn't he? Uh, hedging his bets, keeping all his options open. Verse number nine, and Achish answered and said to David, I know that thou art good in my sight as an angel of God. Notwithstanding, the princes of the Philistines have said, he shall not go up with us to the battle. Wherefore now rise up early in the morning with thy master's servants that are come with thee. And as soon as ye be up early in the morning and have light, 
depart. So David and his men rose up early to depart in the morning to return into the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel. What a, a surreal situation. So the battle in which uh, Saul is going to die, so that night that David is sleeping and realizes, wow, I'm off the hook. I can go home. We're not going to die. None of my men are going to die. We're going to go back to our wives and our children. That very night is the night that Saul is getting the message, you are going to die, and it's too late, and you, you, your sons are going to die, and the nation is going to go to David. Little does David know that while he's getting this news, Saul is getting this news. And that's great for us to keep in mind, because so often we read these passages now, uh, particularly if we read the passage before, you know the outcome, you know what's going to happen already. But these, pe- these people don't. David doesn't. And so it's, it's interesting to read the Bible and try to, try to forget, so to speak, what you know is going to happen. Try to place yourself in the minds and the eyes of these people. You know, what are they experiencing? What are they going through? And that's a great contrast you bring out, Pastor, that here David you know, is going to go back to his family. Saul is going to go to the grave. What a great difference is going to happen these men in the next 24 hours. We always try to figure out situations in our life based upon the limited information that we have. But there's always something else going on that you don't know about. And this is such a great passage of Scripture because God is showing us what's happening on this side of the battle, and God's showing us what's happening on that side of the battle. And God is at work in both sides doing something So rather than making a premature estimation about knowing what God is doing and knowing why God is doing it, just trust God. Trust God and know that there's a clarity that comes in retrospect that you'll never quite have in the moment. So God wants you to live by faith. He wants you to trust Him and do what's right. And then you'll see by and by that God's way is always the best way. Well, that's it for chapter number 29. We'll jump into chapter 30 uh, on our next episode. It's one of my favorite chapters in, in all the Bible. It has one of my favorite verses. We'll talk about that. So I hope you'll stay with us. Hope you have a great day today. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.